Hello. Thanks for connecting to the teachings of Prophet Lovi Elias. May you be blessed by this teaching and may your life never be the same. To get the most value from this word, empty your heart and be ready to receive. If you have been impacted by this ministry and want to sow into it, please visit prophetlovi.com or revelationchurchla.org. Now here's our prophet, Dr. Lovi Elias. God bless you all. This is Prophet Dr. Lovi Elias, and I welcome you to another uh, beautiful day or evening or morning, no matter where you are. This is revealed, and I'm excited to continue with God's mother tongue. So I pray that uh, God will bless you and God will increase you. I pray that you will let somebody know that will let somebody know that we are alive and I believe your life cannot be the same again. Because the desire of God is always to move you from glory to glory. What does glory mean? Glory means a manifestation or the reflection of God. That is why the Bible says the wife is the glory of the husband and her hair is her glory. What does that mean? It means that the woman is a reflection of a man. So if we are talking from glory to glory, it means that you are becoming a better reflection of Jesus, a better version of Christ. So the purpose of listening to the word of God is that you become conformed to his image. Remember, God is infinite. God is eternal. He never began. So it's a lifetime of journey. It's an eternity of consistently growing in whom God has called us to be. So I want you to remember that and remember this with every single thing that is within you. It is the absolute will of Almighty God that you reflect Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, more and more every day. Learning about sin purifies you, but it doesn't make you more like Jesus because Jesus has never sinned. Learning not to sin just makes you be able to be a candidate who can receive what God has already provided. But knowing the mysteries of God forces you And pulls on God for you to walk together with him. Because the Bible says it like this. Two cannot walk together unless they agree. So I'm going to teach you another language that, you see, let me say it this way. When I talk in English, it's cool. I speak five languages. Four fluently, one is not the best because I haven't used it in a long time. I used to actually speak six. I can talk in English at school. But when Auntie Ben speaks to me in Lingala, uh, we go to another planet. The moment she speaks the language of, of the country we come from, we have expressions that we cannot express in English. She can compel me to do something that it will be difficult for her to compel me to do it in English. She can make me laugh even when I don't want to laugh if she uses that language. Are you getting what I'm saying? It is important to know the language that God responds to. 
in whatever relationship you're in, every partner you have, there's a language they respond to. Some people quality time, some people acts of services, some people gifts, some people this. You can speak to them generally, but when you start now talking the language that moves them, your relationship goes to a whole other level. Amen. There is no way you can deny them or, or, or they can deny you uh, something if you speak that language that touches them. I want to tell you something. There is a language if you know, God cannot resist you, even if he doesn't like you. Now, you didn't hear what I said. God will literally overwrite his law to attend to you if you know this language I'm about to teach you. I don't know if somebody can hear me. We can hear you. Haven't you noticed prayer doesn't work all the time? Yes, sir. No, let's be honest. Okay, I think I'm, I'm only, no, 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 maybe the online people. You want to tell me every time you said, Father, in the name of Jesus, he answered you. Absolutely not. It's not true. Is God hearing you? Yes. Does God hear every prayer? Nope. It doesn't mean that he can't, is not uh, hearing you, but it just simply means that God can hear everybody's thought, everything they're doing, but there are things he chooses to ignore. Wow. Yeah, he says, uh, the, 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 the psalmist prayed, please don't turn your face from me. Don't hide your, you don't hide your face from me. Don't keep your ears from me, O oh Lord, because God can choose to ignore you. Wow. Yeah, he doesn't have to answer. But he answers because of us staying within the parameters of his will and his purposes. But this language I'm about to teach you, God can't resist it. Amen. Uh, these amens are, are too small. Amen. You have to know every, you have to remember that there are things that if you are given it, you, you, it is almost impossible for you to resist. Everybody has that thing. Yeah. Do you think that came from you or that came from God? Everybody has that one thing that if you hear, there's that one song, even if you upset you, <laughs> there's that one thing that gets you. Amen. And I'm not speaking in a negative sense. I'm speaking in a positive sense. There are certain foods, if you see, even if you are full, you want to eat. There are certain colors of clothes that you can buy a million of them and you still think you're buying something new. <laughs> we all just have that one thing that is like, listen, this is my thing. There is one language that Jehovah God has. Ah, if you master how to do this one, there is no day you will call on God and he will resist you. That's good. In fact, the prophets in scripture used it as an insurance policy to make sure 
that God will do what he said he will do. Uh, I feel like I'm talking to myself. No, you're talking to us. I wish more thumbs up will go up and more people will keep sharing because we are still in the beginning. Listen, what I'm telling you is the truth and I'll prove it to you in scripture. You see, the greatness of a man of God, you see people say a, prayerful, a prayerless Christian is a powerless Christian. That's not true. That's not even biblical. Wow. The disciples of John prayed more than the disciples of Jesus and the disciples of Jesus performed more signs and wonders, had more power than the disciples of John who fasted and prayed. You see, we say certain things because it sounds cool. But is it really the truth? Absolutely not. Oh my God. Uh, I feel like I just spoke to some yes, religious did. people. Yes, it's a lie. Listen to me, people. Knowing the ways of God guarantees that God will manifest and walk with you. Amen. Not because you pray. Because your prayer may be off. Yeah. Just because you say, Father, in the name of Jesus means nothing. The Pharisees were prayerful people. They were devoted Jews. You know, many times when people think about the Jews, they think about people who have been rejected by God. No, they haven't. Those are the people of God. Those are the people of God. It is because of them that we have Christianity. In fact, the world today has a lot of peace. A lot of laws that are fair because of Judeo-Christian beliefs. This is just a reality. It is because of Judeo-Christian beliefs that we don't have slavery anymore. Yay! It is because of Judeo-Christian beliefs we have no racism. That today you can be racist and it can be condemned. It's because of Christianity. That's good. This, this is the truth. Amen. Listen to me. Let no man deceive you. Jesus is the only way. There's a lot of things that we declare because pastor so-and-so said it, because of bishop so-and-so has said it. But if you look in scripture, you start realizing that if prayer made people get blessed, then Africans would have been the most blessed people on the earth. I've never seen people who pray more than Africans. But there is a lot of troubles there. Third world countries are the best at praying and devotion to God. But very many are suffering. So people think that God is not hearing them. No. Praying doesn't mean you're in the protocols of God. As much as prayer is good, remember prayer is a vehicle. Prayer is simply a vehicle. I know people, like I told you guys, I went to Achia Mountains in Ghana to pray with uh, Daddy Bernard Taylor. There was hundreds of people. You were just hearing wailing and crying. and It's a place of prayer. But you get there, you realize that 98 or 99% of the people, their life won't change. The ways of the spirit are the codes 
that makes God respond. You can go lock yourself in a room. Fire, Jesus, Rabba, Saga. You come out, I'll be still prophesying better than you. Oh I'll still deliver more people than you. I'll still heal more people than you. Because what I know you don't know. Yeah. Because the kingdom of God operates off mysteries. Not off prayer. Prayer is fueled by mysteries. You receive not because you don't pray. And when you pray, you don't pray correctly. So prayer must be correct. How can prayer be correct if you don't know the principles of the spirit? If you don't know the ways of God? Acts chapter 10 from verse 1. Acts, Acts chapter 10 from verse 1. Acts chapter 10 and verse 1. Yes. And it reads, There was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, uh -huh. a centurion of the band called the Italian band, uh -huh. a devout man and one that feared God with all his house, uh -huh. who gave much alms to the people and prayed to God always. He saw in a vision evidently about the ninth hour of the day, mm -hmm. an angel of God coming in to him mm -hmm. and saying unto him, Cornelius. And when he looked on him, he was afraid and said, what is it, Lord? And he said unto him, thy prayers and thine alms are come up for a memorial before God. Mm -hmm. And now send men to Joppa and mm -hmm. call for one Simon, whose surname is Peter. Mm -hmm. He lodges with one Simon, a tanner, mm -hmm. whose house is by the seaside. Mm -hmm. He shall tell thee what thou oughtest to do. And when the angel which spake unto Cornelius was departed, he called two of his household servants. Stop right there. Cornelius is not a Jew. Cornelius is a, is a soldier. But he's a soldier that is in love with God. Cornelius started giving alms and praying always. He did not say he prayed then gave. He said Cornelius gave alms to the people and prayed always. If you keep reading, you find out that Cornelius was actually fasting the day the angel appeared to him. Peter was fasting where he was and Cornelius was also fasting. While Cornelius was fasting, minding his own business, an angel appears to him. And he tells him, Cornelius, listen, man. We have been watching you. You didn't really know what to do. But your giving and prayer have risen for a memorial before God. So I have been sent to give you instructions. Go to this place. You'll find a guy called Peter. Peter will come and tell you what you need to do. Because this guy wasn't born again. Yeah. This guy did not have the Holy Spirit. But he could provoke heaven. You, you've been praying, uh, talking in tongues. You've never seen an angel. You see angels in your, oh, I, I feel like I saw an angel. No. A man that has no Holy Spirit doesn't know how to pray. But he loves God. He fears God. We all know loving God is not enough if you don't receive Jesus. Yeah. 
Praying is not enough if you don't receive Jesus. He has no clue about all these things. But he does something accidentally. Yeah. And an angel appears to him and says, listen, man. This thing you've been doing has risen up for a memorial before God. And now God is answering something you didn't ask. God wants to show you what you need to do so that when you rise something for a memorial before God, God can deal with you accordingly. Because he broke the chain of protocol. Because he did something that provoked God to answer in a way he should not answer to his kind. So Peter receives also a vision from God of animals that are unclean. And God tells him, kill and eat. He said, Lord, I cannot eat what is unclean. God tells him, how dare you mm. call what I have made clean and clean. Mm. Peter comes out of the vision. He realizes that God is speaking about an individual that has been purified even though he's unclean. Yeah. You guys are not really getting no, what is happening here. God has declared a man clean before he has done anything clean. Charity covers a multitude of sin. Amen. Let me tell you the easiest and quickest way for God to forgive your sin. Be a giver. God will actually overlook your errors. This is in your Bible. <laughs> oh, you're shocked, huh? Mm. Giving is a language that God responds to. Because giving is not for you to prosper. You see, the church have made sacrificial giving to be about getting a double portion or a 60% return, 70% or 100-fold return. That is not what giving was intended for. Giving was supposed to support your prayer to guarantee that God answers you. Giving was not so that you can get more money. Oh. Even though when you give, God is bound to bless you. But giving was never connected to you prospering. That was not the purpose of giving. And even until now, that is not the purpose of giving. Giving is a foolproof guarantee that God has to respond. I feel like you're not listening to me. Why couldn't God just forgive man's sin? Man's sins. Is somebody listening to this? Yes. Why couldn't God just like uh, 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 forgive people's sins? He is God after all. He could have done this and snapped it away. But God was grieved. And the only way he could quench his anger is by giving. He needed something to be given to him for him to become. So God took his own son, yeah. sacrificed him in order for him to be appeased. People think the blood of Jesus was for Satan. The blood of Jesus had nothing to do with Satan. It had everything to do with quenching God's anger. This is why your wife, your girlfriend, your sister, your mother, if they upset you, buy them some roses, some, they forgive you. Because it does something to the heart. I saw how she looked at you for a second there. 
It does something to the heart. Why? It compels and softens the heart because it is the language of man's spirit. But the originator of this language is God. It's God. Amen. Angels cannot give anything to God. Because there is no way they can inconvenience themselves into sacrificing. Angels don't have that capacity to sacrifice before God. I'll say that one more time. Angels don't have the capacity to sacrifice before God because they were not designed, number one, to lack anything. Because they are ministers. You cannot minister if you yourself, you're empty. That is why even in the world of men, you are not permitted to give what you don't have. In fact, you cannot. I was just laughing with some people here. I was like scrolling through TikTok. And I saw this young preacher preaching. Actually, it's funny. I saw this young guy preaching prophet something. <laughs> people want to be prophets. It's deep. <laughs> Uh, he's, he's preaching, he's preaching, he's preaching. And then he said, I don't know why God is just compelling me to put my cash up here. Uh, Man of God, just say, guys, give. It is good to give. Don't say God is compelling you. That's a lie. Come on, people. Let's not. Listen, don't say God said when God did not say. You put yourself in trouble for no reason. You have repercussions that you cannot solve. Don't claim God when God didn't say. Please don't do that. Wow. Wow. If I want you to give, I'll tell you give. Because I've taught you how to give. If God tells me for you to do something, I will tell you. And if I tell you God said, and even when I tell you to, to give, it's because I know what principle we are working to make God do something. Remember there was a guy who was guilty. He was actually guilty of, of a situation. There was a, a, a man that he came, Prophet Ron told him, go to church, Prophet Love is going to help you. In the middle of service, the guy comes, they didn't call me or anything. And the guy comes forward, I hold his hand, I tell him, sir, you're guilty. Mm. Say, yeah, actually the jury, uh, my lawyer said it's not looking good. The jury is already uh, deciding that this, this. Ask God, what do I do? The Lord told me, Put your hands in oil. When you put your hands in oil, I'm washing his hands. I will make them give a different verdict. Then God told him, find, and then God told me, tell him to give a seed that has number 12. I told him, God said, find a sacrifice that has with number 12. He said, yes, there are 12 jurors. He said, do it quickly. God said it is done. The guy went to court in the morning. On all charges, no guilty. Until now he's in church. Amen. If God says to do something, why did God tell him to do that? Because the guy wasn't clean. But he truly repented, but the crime was still done. If God is going to erase it, their principle, it's not just a matter of... Remember yesterday I told you about uh, Moses. His wife circumcises the son. Yeah. God is appeased. Are you getting what I'm saying? Yes, sir. Giving was designed to be a voice that is neutral, that will be an advocate for you when you don't have anything to say before God. 
The sacrifice of Jesus speaks on our behalf. Are you people don't get it? Because Jesus is a sacrifice. He stands that sacrifice, that blood. He's still speaking before God. The blood of Jesus speaks better things than the blood of Abel. Why? Because it's a sacrifice. A sacrifice is your intercessor. Oh, that's good. Wow. Cain and Abel could hear the voice of God because they were taught by their father and mother to sacrifice. They were not sacrificing because they needed an increase. You will notice the worship of the Old Testament was always accompanied by sacrifice. There was no prayer that was offered without a sacrifice. And there was no manifestation of the spirit that was not sealed by a sacrifice. When God came to Abraham and told him, Abraham, I will make you a father of many nations. Abraham built an altar and offered something to God. God appears to to Abraham again and tells him, "Uh, uh, uh, Abraham, I will make you great. Abraham said, you have not given me anybody. God tells him, go outside, count the stars. If you can count them, that's how I will make your descendants. After that, Abraham asked God, what should I give? God tells him, find this, find this, and offer it before me. Why is God demanding that? Because your words are not enough to support what you're asking for. The only thing that is sweet to God is sacrifice, not prayer. God is is hypnotized by the sweetness of pure giving. Even if you give it pure, let me show you something funny. The Bible says this. If you have a fight between your brother and your sister, right? If you have ought when you're about to give, can you find that scripture? Please, you will see something funny that preachers skip over because they read it with a, with a, 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 what is it called? Uh, they, They look over it because in their mind, they have already determined what the verse is saying without knowing what the verse is saying. Are you ready, Papa? Yes. So it's in Matthew chapter number five. Uh And we can start from uh, 23. Yes. Therefore, if thou bring thy gift to the altar, and there rememberest that thy brother have ought against thee, leave there thy gift before the altar and go thy way. Notice he didn't say take it back. Leave your gift on the altar. (laughs) If you want to pray, don't pray. Go and fix it first. Mm -hmm. If you have an argument with your brother and sister and you've bumped heads with each other, God is saying, don't pray. Go fix it first. And then it says to give right again after. After you give, fix it, then go and give and pray. But if you already brought your sacrifice and you're at the altar, you late at the altar and you had an argument, leave your sacrifice, go and fix it. He didn't say that. It's deep. It's crazy. God is not saying, I have rejected your sacrifice. saying, no, 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 leave it. I'm talking to the wrong people. I wish the people live were hearing me. Do you realize there's no time God ever turned away sacrifice? He can just reject it. When Cain gave sacrifice to God, God rejected it. But the sacrifice was still given. How can somebody reject something unless you give it to them? 
God has to receive the sacrifice and determine if he wants it or not. Wow. So the key is you still have to give it. And God says something to Ken. He said, why is your face cast down? If you do it correctly, will you not be accepted? Your sacrifice makes you to be accepted before God. Amen. A lot of believers, and I'm going to say this especially to pastors that are watching me, mm. ministers that are watching me, many of you, you are under a curse because you have used this to enrich yourself. You tell people to give, but you don't give. It is demonic. Listen to me. It is demonic. It is satanic. It is wicked and evil. If you are a man and a woman of God that always receives from people offerings and gifts, but you do not have somebody that you also give to, it is evil and it is demonic. A hundred million percent evil and demonic in the sight of God. This is why you are still raising money for a building that you, nev you, you can never buy. We are having a fundraising for a building. The building never comes. We are trying to do this to open this. It never comes. We have a vision for a great expansion. It never comes. You are stingy. You pray, but you don't use the primary language of God. You have abandoned it. The first form of prayer you see in the beginning of scripture is not a man saying, Father, in the name of Jesus. It is an offering on an altar. That is the only time you have seen men begin to pray outside of the garden. The prayer was always in giving. Then words. Wow. Is somebody listening to me? Yes, sir. Before that, you don't see Adam praying. Adam was already in the presence of God. There was no prayer in the garden. Outside of the garden, the first people you see praying I, I want to really help people understand this. That is the first form of prayer you have seen. A sacrifice is not giving things that you can live without. Amen. <laughs> A lot of people think that that's what compels God. Let me tell you what God is attracted to. The reason why men can climb spiritually so high, it is because of what we can offer because we are in time. Amen. Time makes sacrifices more prevalent. Time makes sacrifices more powerful. Because what I have today, it would take me time to get it again. Or I may never get it again. Yes. 
My years, I can never reverse it again. An angel has never aged a single second. We have time. So our life is more precious when we sacrifice because everything means so much more to us because of time. If time did not exist, time with your husband, your wife would not matter because you will always have time to do it. But knowing your lifespan may not be beyond eight years. May not be beyond 90 years. May not be beyond 50 years. It does something to you to make everything more precious. Those are the recipes for what a sacrifice is. That is why angels cannot offer a sacrifice. That is why God had to enter into humanity and become a man in order to be a sacrifice. Jesus went to the temple. The Lord is at the temple. And while the Lord Jesus is at the, at the temple, he's watching people give. Are you listening to me? Yeah. He's observing people give. Today, if you go to a church and you watch what people are giving, they will say it's evil. Jesus sat watching what people are giving. That one gave a hundred. How do we know he was looking at the amount? Because he mentions it. The reason why people are not getting better with working with God because your man and woman of God doesn't even know the language of God. So they can't push you to be, to be better in worshiping God. The primary worship of man on earth is not hallelujah. It is sacrifice. It is not singing. It is sacrifice. So there is a dilemma. A big one. A serious one. Your man and woman of God cannot push you to give. Me, every year, I challenge myself to give more. Amen. Every year. Last year, my sacrificial giving was over 1.5 million of my own money. I don't even, remember, I've, I've told you, Sham, I don't get a paycheck from church. You know, a lot of people think that they see his dressing nice, they think, no, 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 no. You, you can ask the church to open books, you will see, you'll be shocked. Not that that is bad, not that that is a sin. It's rightfully for the worker is worth his wages. The Bible says that. The Bible says you need to take care of your priests. They are praying for you, they are fasting for you. It is crazy for you to think that they should be there with families and nobody should feed them. Yet they are interceding for you. That's crazy. Yeah. Jesus received offerings. The Bible says so. They travel with a year worth of wages. People are big givers to Jesus' ministry. This is scriptural. 
I always tell my son, I teach my son to give. How much money do you have? Okay, I saved this much. Okay, what do you want from God and how bad do you want it? You will see sometimes my son Andrew will take his money, come and give it at my knees in order for me to pray for him. The son of a prophet. Because I've taught him what compels God. Giving is so significant spiritually because it is what facilitates exchange of the spiritual, of the divine to humanity. If a sacrifice is not, in fact, there is no spiritual engagement without a sacrifice. Doesn't exist. The reason why you can say Father in the name of Jesus is because there was a sacrifice. If there was no sacrifice, you can't even call on Jesus. This is the lost art of the church because the devil deceived the church. The devil deceived the church. The devil deceived the church. Big time. I think I did a, a, a teaching. What was it called, uh, Musa? The one that why the occultists prosper. Mm-hmm. I teach you why Satan knows where all the location of all the wealth is on earth. I did a whole teaching on it. It's crazy. I won't go into that, but watch it if you want to watch it. It's ridiculous. There is no transaction of the spirit without giving because giving enforces what you're doing. Now, this is where people get it confused now. When we are talking about sacrifice, there are levels of sacrifices, right? You can sacrifice your time. You can sacrifice your money. You can sacrifice, I mean, most of the things will be in time or substance, right? But which of the two is more important? Many will say time, but that's not true. Even a useless person has time. Even a person who doesn't want to work has time. So your time is not as valuable as what you need to live. Because sacrifices must cost pain because it is a sacrifice. That is why you don't see in scripture people sacrificing their time. They knew better. Ah, somebody didn't hear me. Wow. Who do you see in the Bible sacrificing their time? Doesn't exist. I'm not saying it is bad to serve God. I, I, you know, there's a video I made and people just don't listen. There is no good without God. 
There is no good without God. You can clean the church all you want. You can arrange the church chairs all you want. If the spirit of God did not lead you, did not compel you to do that, God will not even consider it. Some people are just part of a movement, but God doesn't even recognize them. Don't do God a favor that he did not ask you to do. The ark of the covenant is being carried and the priests stumble and the ark falls. A young man tries to catch the ark so that he doesn't fall and he touches it and he dies. And the ark still falls. Why didn't God suspend the anointing for a second for the ark not to fall? The young man died. He touched the ark. He said, don't touch the ark unless you are Levite. You are a priest ordained by Moses, cleansed, gone through the rituals that are required. Don't touch it. My guy touched it in the name of God and he died. He may be in heaven, but the point is his earthly life still ended. What he wanted to do was right. What he was doing was right in the sight of men, but not in the sight of God. Don't God do God favors he didn't ask. <laughs> I tell people, people think they know God, they don't. Hello. Hello. They know me. When somebody says, you know, I just want to serve God, I just want to serve God, I just say, keep coming to church. Wanting to serve God doesn't mean God has sent you to serve. Because some people just want to serve because that's what they feel like doing, not because it is a calling. You see, when something is a calling, you do it even when you don't want to. People who feel like serving, when they don't feel like serving, they won't serve. But somebody that is compelled to serve, even when they don't feel like it, they have the energy to wake up and serve. Is this making sense? Yes, it is. If you look in scripture, people gave animals, 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 because most of the Bible, it was uh, especially in the Genesis and Exodus, they were doing what is called butter trade. The exchange was with animals, right? It was exchange of goods. When gold and silver was introduced, you notice that they still gave animals, but they still gave gold and silver. Why is that necessary? Because God wants to be honored with what you love the most. But not only what you love, but what you need. If you can give him something you need, then you know that he's more valuable than what you need. So the exchange becomes that, I don't need this, I need you. Then God is moved. Ah, You really love me. Do you realize the only time God declared his love for humanity is when he gave? For God so loved the world that he gave. The language of love to God does not exist without giving. You know, I just just minister to God with my sacrifice of praise. We bring sacrifice of praise. You know that song? To the heart. 
of the Lord. That thing was fast. Even sacrifice of praise unto the house of the Lord. God is saying, bring meat into my storehouse. You are saying, I'm bringing sacrifice of praise. <laughs> because your giving can be worship and can be praise to God. When men had great victories in the scriptures, they sacrificed to God. When men had needs in scripture, they gave to God. When men wanted mercy from God, they gave to God. Because it is the thing that God cannot resist. Elijah told them, we will see who God will answer. He builds an altar and puts a sacrifice because he knows God has to come for his sacrifice. Ah, you didn't get it. The only time God said, try me, is when a sacrifice is involved. Say, give and see if I will not. The only time God said, dare me, is when you put a sacrifice. He did not say, dare me, when there is a sinner, I will show you that I'm God. Sacrifice is the language of God's heart. In our church, the last generation in our church, you guys have seen it. Some of you have even experienced it. I always give. I have no problem doing that at all. Thousands and thousands I give all the time. Because I have learned how to compel God to remember me in my time of my need. When what's-his-name Hezekiah was about to die, he was a good man. His goodness was also measured by his giving. The Bible says this, when he was told that get your house in order, you're going to die. The man prayed and cried to God. He said, God, remember everything that I have done. Remember, look at your memorial. See what I have done. Who will do them if you take me? Remember, it was a good idea for him to die. It was in God's perfect will for him to die. Because he was going to give birth to a very evil king called Manasseh. And God did not want Manasseh to come. Because Manasseh was going to mess up his country. But because this guy reminded God of his giving, God was like, ah. I will allow this in my permissive will. Yeah. I will give you the years you have prayed for. I'll give you 15, was it 10, 15? I'll give you 15 years. But in these 15 years, Manessa is going to come. He's going to ruin things, but man, how can I go against sacrifice? I can't. How can I go against sacrifice? I can't. Many of you, you have nothing to tell God. If God, remember what I have done. Many of you cannot. <laughs> There's a powerful man of God called Prophet Victor. He's a Ghanaian man. In his church, there was a man who came to church. And uh, his son had cancer. 
and he took a big seed. I think it was like $60,000 in Africa. That's a lot of money in Africa. Yeah, yes, but not as much as there. And he took the 60000 and gave it to God on the altar and said, God, heal my son. When the man went home, he was told, Ah, your son has only a few hours to live. He went to the church looking for the prophet. He said, I gave to God. And my son is dying. The man of God told him, you didn't give to me. Go to the same altar that you gave to him. Remind him of what you did. Ah, the man went down there and said, Lord, yeah. remember what I put before you. He cried to God for like 30 minutes. The prophet came and said, go, go, go to the hospital. He went to the hospital. They said, we don't understand. All those things we were seeing in his body have disappeared. Jesus. Wow. Sacrifice yeah. is a deep and powerful thing. Is a deep and powerful thing. I always remember when I was buying my first home. I only needed about 30000 for down payment. Ah, those days, that was a lot of money for me. Me, I'm honest. You know me, I'm not like the fathers of the past. They hid the blessing of God. You see, one of the biggest mistakes that the fathers of the church, and when I talk about the fathers, I'm not talking about the fathers of the church, the founders of the church, the, the church fathers theologically. I'm talking about our fathers today, the Kenneth Copeland, the T.D. Jakeses, and all these guys. They used to come to church with, I'm sorry to say this, but it wasn't true humility. They will preach to you, but they are not revealing to you how much God has blessed them. So when people started seeing them driving nice cars, living in nice homes and this and this, people were offended because they were not revealing to people that God can bless them like that. It was a mistake. They're saying, don't worry, sister, God will bless you, just give. But you're teaching them not to give the right way. Give $20, $10. measure, The Bible is telling you the measure in which you give is the measure that you receive. Learn to give your all. You are telling people to give what is convenient. Then when they see you prosper, you have not revealed to them the secret that has made you to prosper. So now people start thinking that these men are just taking money from church. They are taking money from church. Yet some of them have businesses. Yeah. They have investments. God increased them. So the devil used that to attack them. Me, I'm not like that. Me, God has blessed me. No man has blessed me. God has blessed me. Ah, God has blessed me. I never served God because I was suffering. Go Google me. I'm Grammy nominated. I was a touring artist. I've sold millions of records working with some of the biggest artists. I left all that because of God's calling. Not because I was in need. So I am not ashamed of God's blessing. I am not ashamed of the gospel. I am not ashamed of it. Amen. But at that time, 30 grand was a lot. And I needed a little bit more. And I, I think I needed 100,000. And I prayed. 
God, what must I do? So I called my spiritual father. I said, Papa, I'm in need, this one. I made an offer on a house because I believe God told me to do it. But it is on Thursday. They're expecting me to show the, what is it called? The, the, the down payment. They need to see it by Monday because that's when I have to do this whole escrow thing begins. Papa tells me, find 10,000 and give it. I said, Jesus, what are you doing to me right now? I was offended in my spirit. Then God, then my, inside of me, I remembered, ah, how could my heart doubt God? Because of that, I found 15. Amen. Remember, in need, I gave. So now what I have has even gone lower. After a few hours, the next day, I get a phone call. Man of God, I've been looking for you, looking for you, looking for you. Finally, I found your number. I said, okay. He said, God spoke to my heart to give you 150,000. Ah. I thought this was a joke. <laughs> wow. He said, please send me your account number right now. I need to do it now. I said, okay, okay. Anybody that knows me, if you call me, you want to give me something, I disappear. You won't find me. Man of God, I have a seed to give you. I will never respond. <laughs> I don't do that. Not that it's bad. Oh, I have this sacrifice I need to give. I'll say, God bless you. But you won't see me. You have to catch me on the spot because I don't like to receive things. I call Papa, I tell Papa, Papa, somebody just called me, telling me that God spoke to them to give me this much. Do you think it's real? Papa told me, look at you. He, he, he made a joke. He said, the spirit of your father's house are attacking you. <laughs> they want to keep you from progressing. My friend, send your account number. So I send my account number. In a few hours, bling. Everything Amen. I needed before the day. What I'm telling you is by experience. Amen. Everything you know about God, there is a system and there is a way. There is a system and there is a way. Jesus is sitting at the temple watching people give, watching people give, he doesn't care. The moment that woman give her, gives her two mites, Jesus stops the giving ceremony. Hey! He stood at the altar and said, this woman has given more than all of you. So the people who gave thousands, hundreds of thousands, hundreds, offended. How can you say this woman with two mites outgave us? Jesus said because she gave all that she had. Many of you have not gone to that next level because you have not learned to give all that you have. 
You have learned how to give. You give what is convenient, but you don't know how to give your all. God taught us how to give by giving Jesus, who was his all. David wants to buy the threshing floor. And the man who owns it wanted to give him for free. David refused. He said, I can never give God what has not cost me. I will never give God what has not cost me anything. What doesn't cost you is not a sacrifice. What doesn't cost you is not a sacrifice. I'll say that one more time. What doesn't cost you is not a sacrifice. I have seen how my own father gives to his spiritual father. It's crazy. When I look at what he sends Bishop Jones because he shows it to me, I'm challenged. I'm like, dang, I need to do better. How many of you can call on God based on what you did? How many of you can do that? Genuinely. Because what you gave never cost you, you can't even remember it before God. It never cost you. You're not going to sit there and say, oh Lord, remember the, the, the $15 I gave? <laughs> you forgot about it because it wasn't that important to you. This is why also some people have the greatest curse on them. Because people who sacrifice their all for you, you dishonor them. Because God hates people who don't understand the language of sacrifice. You will dry up and you will dry up like crazy. Because it works both sides. When have you called on to God based on what you've given? Father, remember what I have done in your kingdom. How many of you can do that? Many of you can just say, oh, Father, bless me huh? according to your riches and glory in Christ Jesus. <laughs> but you can never challenge God and tell God, Lord, Remember what I did for your king. When your servants were traveling, they had nowhere to stay. I fed them, I clothed them, and kept them in my house. Remember that act, O oh Lord. If I have never done anything right before you, remember this one thing. When the Bible talks about God remembering somebody, it always had to do with a sacrifice. The remembrance is a memorial. A memorial is a remembrance. Samuel's mother had been praying for years. 
Father, give me a child. And it is God that closed the womb. Father, Rabba Shata, give me a child, oh Lord. Even her husband looked at her and said, my, my, my. Am I not better than children? Did you marry me because of kids or did you marry me because of me? If God has seen it fit for you not to have kids, what is the problem? She insisted, she insisted, she insisted. She found a new formula. She went to the temple and said, God, if you give me a son, you know how much I want a child. You give me a son, I will give him back to you. She tricked God. <laughs> and God looked and said, man, I am in need of a prophet because I've rejected all these guys. God measured her heart and he said, ah, this woman will keep her word. God made her pregnant, allowed her child to be born from her. And she was wise because she knew if one child can come out of her, more children will come out because her womb will be unlocked. She was smart. Many Christians are not smart. They don't use their, their noggin, thank you. They don't use what is between their ears. They are dull at using what is between their ears. Extremely dull. That woman had never read a verse before that says that uh, you can work the system. She literally worked the system. And cashed a check that had not already been given. But her heart already gave the child truthfully. Meaning that I can have $10. But if I know God can give me $10 billion, And $10 is all I have. I can go before with $10 that is actually $10 billion to God. Because God is not really looking at the amount. Yeah. He's looking at the measure of the heart. If I make this guy, if I make this woman a multi-billionaire, will she remember my house or will she forget it? That's good. Remember, God is a covenant God, but is also a vow-keeping God. God loves deals. God is a businessman. That is why Jesus said, I must be about my father's business. God is a businessman. He loves deals. If you stand before God and you tell God, I'm going to do this if you do this. And you truly mean it. God can look at your heart, measure your heart and know if you're truthful or not. Amen. Because he's God, nothing can be hidden from him. So, learning how to use your Nogen will help you too much spiritually. Your tithe, what I'm talking about, I'm not talking about tithe. Tithe, you better give it because if you don't tithe, you're already under a curse. What you're doing cannot be blessed. Tithe maintains your dimension in the financial world. So whatever you earn, you give tithe, you are sustaining that realm. 
If you want to go beyond that realm, you don't continue to tithe because tithe is a debt you have to God. So tithe doesn't make you prosper, but tithing keeps you at the level that you are. So there's a lot of people who say, but I tithe, but I tithe, nothing is changing. You don't know, tithe maintains you at the level that you are in. That's really good. Your sacrificial giving is to work the system of heaven to move you outside of where you are. Then when you get to that other level, your tithe maintains you in that level. Tithing is good, but tithing doesn't change dimensions. It is only seeding that changes dimensions. The tithe is there to sustain the already grace that you carry. Or I earn six figures. You tithe, you maintain that. You sacrifice beyond your tithing. You can change from six figures to seven figures. The spiritual realm will lift you. God will lift you. Tithe, you owe it to God. There's no two ways about it. I do it. You better do it if you believe the word of God. You don't have to, but it's up to you. But sacrificial giving goes much farther. Tithe is a tenth. Some people ask me, okay, Is it the tenth after taxes or is it a tenth before taxes? Uncle Sam doesn't even trust you. He takes out his tenth. That's good. He doesn't trust you. He takes it out before you even get it. And if you get it and you don't take it out, he will come for his his own thing. For sure he's coming for you. God has allowed you to be... to be able to, to do it. But that doesn't mean if you don't do it, there are no consequences. But there is no conditions on sacrificial giving. We were not saved by a tithe. We were saved by a sacrifice. Now nah, somebody didn't hear that. We were not saved by tithe. We were saved by a sacrifice. These are principles that people have neglected. And because they have neglected, you have remained behind. I'll say that again. These are things that many of you have neglected. And because you have neglected, you have stayed behind. I'm about to finish. Auntie Roses, you didn't even tell me that we went a little bit beyond. Huh? Auntie Roses, what's going on? (laughs) If you want to lift up beyond where you are, learn this truth 
it will change everything about you. Become, some, become a man or a woman that can look at heaven and say, Father, remember the good I have done. Yeah. Remember what I did for your kingdom. Remember it. The quickest way to long life is sacrificial giving. Father, remember how I have sacrificed for your kingdom, for the widows, for the widowers. If you take me, who is going to do it? God will think about it and really see like, you know what? Nobody's really doing this. Let me sustain this. Haven't you noticed some of the people in the world that are not even believers are living longer than Christians? Yeah. Yes, sir. They don't even believe in God, but they do so much charity work. And God keeps blessing them and blessing them, yet they will never make heaven. If God responded to Cornelius, how much more to you, who has the Spirit of God, who knows the ways of God, but you're simply not using one of God's most profound languages. We have focused everything on the prayer of words, but we have not learned the other forms of prayer that goes together with the words. I want you to go quickly, grab your sacrifice, give to God, and then we'll be back. And then we'll pray together. Uh, God bless you all. And uh, my prayer is that you will truly learn these truths so that you are not people who are in the dark. Because to be in the dark is to be lost. We are supposed to be lights that are shining in darkness. And a Christian who does not know his way, it means that you have no light. Jesus said, the entrance of thy word giveth light and gives understanding to the simple. If the light of God, which is the word of God, remember I taught this message that the word is simply a carrier. It is, a, a, it is what is carrying light. Light is hidden within the word. The Bible says God is light. The Bible says God is light. God calls himself light. So the word is simply something that is a transporter of light. We are not filled by his word, we are filled by his light. Because the light, when, it, when the word enters you, it releases light. It is like when you're getting an injection or a shot. You don't say, I was injected by a shot. You, say, you, call, you talk about the content inside of the injection. The injection is just poking you so that something else can go inside of you. The medicine is not the syringe or whatever it is called. It is what is inside. So the content inside the word is light. So when light enters you, you become enlightened. You begin to see things the way God is seeing them. Become wise and know the patterns 
and the truths of the Spirit. If you can do that, I promise you, you will always fly high. You will never miss a step spiritually. You will always bear fruits. God has a lot of languages. I've just touched on a few. And, and I picked what people ignore the most but has the greatest effect. Fasting is for you, not for God. Fasting changes you, not God. Sacrifice influences God because when God starts, you see, even if, okay, let's, 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 let me make this simple example before I pray. I may not like you, but I will recognize your cologne. I may choose not to look at you, but my, scent, my, my, my sense of smell will still, smell, will still receive the scent, whether I like it or not. I can block out your, your voice and say like, ah, oh, you're, you're talking too much. But the scent, do you realize you have memories based on your scent also? Yeah. Oh, that smells like my grandmother's house. Oh, that smells like this. Oh, this smells so sweet. The truth is you actually don't really taste food. It is the, scent, the, the smell of the food that makes you actually enjoy the food you're eating. That's why if something looks good but smells funny, you won't eat it. Immediately you're disgusted. Your body won't even receive it. Father, bless your people. As they have heard your word, touch them, transform them, Cause them to see your glory, not only now, but consistently and continually. Reveal yourself more to them. Let this truth enter them and let it change their lives, that wherever they are, they will understand that Lord's sacrifices are the language or is the language that you resonate with the most. <coughs> Father, I thank you for your grace and your mercy. In the name of Jesus, amen. Listen, I love you, but the Lord Jesus loves you more. And I will see you tomorrow. God bless you. Thanks for joining us. We trust that what you have received today will change your life forever. Please follow us on social media at Prophet Lovi and Revelation Church LA for updates, events, and teachings. If you are interested in connecting with this teaching, head over to ProfitLovey.com or RevelationChurchLA.org and click on Giving. Revelation Church is located in Simi Valley, California and has prophetic service every Thursday night at 7.30 p.m. and Sunday service at 10 a.m. We'd love to see you there. Until next time, Shalom.